personal branding is so critical for leaders. And it's not that they're trying to sell a product. This is solely to communicate to the world, to the people that work for them, that this is what I believe about leadership. This is how I look at life. These are the expectations that I have. These are my philosophies. This is who I am. It's time to get inside your own head. Begin with the psychology behind your behaviors and fuse it with an acute understanding of self-awareness, emotion, storytelling, body language, and more. Then look at it all through the lens of the latest neuroscience research, broken down to its most digestible form. And you've arrived. Enhanced messaging, deeper connection, heightened influence, and a greater impact on the world. Welcome to the NeuroSide of Influence and Leadership with Renee Rodriguez. All right, welcome to this episode of the NeuroSide podcast. And today we're going to talk about something that I've actually been talking a lot about my, uh, with my clients recently and people. It's this concept of your leadership brand. And it's kind of an extension of personal brand, and, and it has a different application in something that uh, I really want to really say from the get-go that personal branding is something that we always typically think about in, from a marketing perspective. And I want to add a twist to that. And that twist is, is that personal branding isn't about marketing, just about marketing. Personal branding is about leadership and communication. And I want to unpack that statement and that phrase based on some conversations I've been having and in my trip to, to Italy with Dr. Al Ringleb and, and Chimba University, the, the MBA program there in, in Italy. And it's just combining a lot of the things that I've been doing and, and researching and, and his research and, and it, it fascinated me and it's actually been haunting me since then and haunting me in a, in a great way. But think about it this way. And this is the conversation we had. That pr- prior to 30 years ago, or excuse me, 20 years ago, wow, trying to find research on leadership best practices and not leadership best practices, let's say emotions and emotional intelligence. We're, we're talking about um, things that, that had to do with creating narrative and influence and all that stuff. It was virtually non-existent. It was virtually non-existent. I remember when I was graduating and I was doing my, my final paper in behavioral neuroscience and I did it on human emotion. And I remember that there was practically nothing out there. It was hard to find out, find anything. I mean, I, I remember searching the, the libraries, going into the bookstores, and searching for anything that I could to understand human emotion, and it was so understudied. And, and even back then, when I first got started in this, you know, gosh, that's 27 years ago, the ideas that we see today as best practices around emotional intelligence and around leadership practices and influence and body language and tone of voice and how we do that stuff was seen as all the soft skills. Soft, right? And yet today, we find ourselves in a world where people are leaving companies because managers lack the soft skills, quote-unquote soft skills. They lack the emotional intelligence to be able to connect with people and go deep with them and understand what their needs are. And so I want to talk about specifically, because I think I'm going to do another episode on the importance of all of those skills, but let's go back to the leadership brand and this concept. I I really want to try to unpack this and follow me, because there's a lot of the stuff that has to do with the Amplify process and framing and the concept of narrative and 
And if you remember the, the premise, if you haven't listened to the previous podcast on, on framing, and if you haven't watched the TED Talk on sequencing communication, watch that stuff. Obviously, it's all written about in the book. But the concept of framing is that the frames are constructs of, constructs of reality, meaning whenever we see something, if I'm holding a pen, I go to my, I know it's a pen because I've used one before, typically, and I go to my past frame of reference to construct this reality in front of me as a pen. When I don't have a frame of reference, there's nothing to construct the reality, so I have to, have to choose something and, and fill in the, the blanks. And I do this example all the time when, when we're left with a blank of some sort. If I were to pause like that, right? I'm, that's a scary thing to do in a, in a podcast. But just that pause, if you're listening to this, maybe leaves some assumptions, room for assumptions. Like what happened? Did he forget what he was going to say? And all of those narratives start playing when we don't have the information. This goes into the importance of communicating. We communicate to fill in the gaps of narrative because we explain life through basically as a story, it's a narrative and how we explain a sequence of events. And narratives are sequence of events, the, how things unfold. And my day unfolds in a narrative. How I explain that narrative determines if it was a good day or a bad day. And so going back to this prior to you know 20, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, People at work, they went to work in communities, right? There was, you go to work, and in fact, the old promise of organizations was lifetime employment. I remember learning this when I first got started. That was DuPont's promise. We promise you lifetime employment. These big corporations, career paths. That is such a foreign idea now. People are moving and switching companies and leaving and moving from here to there. And it's great. It's just what it is. It's neither good or bad. It's just what it is. But before, people would go to work and they'd see someone smile, they'd see someone's frown, their angry face, and they knew what it meant because they'd leave that workplace and they'd go to the grocery store, they'd see their boss and their manager there. They'd go to the baseball games and they'd see them there. They'd go to get haircuts, they'd see them there. They were in, in the part of the community and they'd go back to work. So there was less space between interactions. And that cumulative effect of all of those interactions gave people a pretty good sense to be able to read body language, to read facial expressions, the things, the cues that, that say, hey, are we in good relationship? Are we in bad relationship? Or is, are we good? What's going on here? When you do that, you don't need, you, there's not much narrative to fill because it's filled through personal experience. But now, we're in a very different world. We have people that are remote. Managers are managing across state lines. Sometimes you don't see your manager, leader, regional, whoever it is that you work for, maybe once a year, twice a year at an event. And the gap between those interactions leaves space. And as we mentioned, the brain doesn't do well with that space. It has to fill it in. And it has to fill it in. And the way that it fills it in is through narrative. And here we are back to this concept of narrative or frame. This goes back to why personal branding is so critical for leaders. And it's not that they're trying to sell a product. This is solely to communicate to the world, to the people that work for them, that this is what I believe about leadership. This is how I look at life. These are the expectations that I have. These are my philosophies. This is who I am. And so let's pretend that you've got two leaders. One that does not have a personal brand, does not have a blog, doesn't do anything in terms of podcasts, they don't, they don't uh, appear uh, in video, they don't send out videos, they don't communicate newsletters, they don't do anything. They just go about their day normally. And you get one or two interactions a year with them. And maybe three. 
versus leader number two has a podcast. So the weekly podcast comes out on subjects that matter to them. There's a newsletter that kind of supports that same thing. Or maybe it's a, a blog post that comes out that feels like a newsletter. And there's videos that are posted on Instagram and, and LinkedIn where they're part of discussions. They're on, uh, what's that What's that one uh, community app where people talk? And, I don't remember what it is anymore. I stopped using it. The room where people go in and they just talk. <laughs> what is it called? I don't even remember. I had to turn it off. Too many notifications. Clubhouse, that's what it was. You know, they're part of those discussions. And so if I'm working for you and I get access to your thinking and I see video, I see your writing, I can hear what you're thinking, I might have had 10, 15, 20, 30 interactions between each one. And by the time I see you next, I feel like I know you. I feel like we've been in contact in some way, shape, or form because I know what you've been thinking and I know what you've been writing about. And I think this is where I've been helping leaders. In fact, what's, what's crazy is in our Amplify, we've been having very large organizations send their leaders to help develop their personal leadership brand in our course. And we do that, obviously, through uncovering their ethos, their essence, and, and their ethos story, their narrative, and helping them discover what their values are and their, you know, in, in, in how they deploy those through what makes them unique as a leader. And what to me is so exciting about that is that we're re repurposing all of the things that we thought were, were just for personal branding on a sales side and a marketing side. We're doing that for leadership and communication. We're controlling the narrative. We're filling the narrative. And that's the hard part right now that is missing because we're so remote and there's so much distance between people. The world is smaller, but that means it's just we're, we're just we have technology and all these things that are getting in the way, and so leaders really need to start thinking about what is it that I believe, and how do I communicate that in a way that when people need to know that I may not be there one on one, that they can find out. I was just talking to one of my clients this last weekend. We we're in New York, and his big question is: is what is my leadership brand, and how do I do it? And of course, we began the process. Say, okay, so what makes you unique? This is the breadcrumbing process where we start listening for people's values. And we begin with a simple question of what makes you unique. What I've come to learn is that that simple question triggers a really great process and, and discovery around what people believe. And so that question sort of leads us to, okay, uh, this specific person believes in teamwork. They believe in being self-starters. They believe in being uh, of integrity. They believe in really great topics. And then you follow those back to where they learned them. And that's really the key. Because you have to operate under the assumption that everything that we are is based on how we were raised and the experiences we've had prior to this point in time. And most of those values were formed early on. What we like to say is between the ages of 9 and 13. So there's a critical time period around that time of what happened to you. Who were you around? Who wasn't around? What critical people were, were there for you or not there for you? What examples were set? What uh, traumatic experiences, meaning that, you know, you know, maybe there was a divorce or something. Who knows? But you, you follow that back and it, it's inevitable. Every single time there's a story that supports the value. And the value proposition is a story that supports what people find unique about themselves. And what's fascinating is when you uncover that story and you connect it to the current work, you see this sort of light bulb go off and this connection where people start feeling like their life makes a little bit more sense. It wasn't an accident as to why I believe this. What's crazy is 
people will fight it. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want to talk about my, my, you know, my business values. Because one person said, well, these are my business values. I chose these for my business. So let's go with my personal. I said, well, here's what's interesting. You chose those for your business values because they already existed. They weren't something you magically created today or last year when you did it or the two years before. And he looks at me perplexed and puzzled and I'm like, you gravitated towards those because they already existed within you. You already believed in those things. And he kind of looked and started thinking and all of a sudden the stories started coming where he had learned those things and how they came to be and the experiences that led to that. And it was just, it's so fascinating and exciting to watch sort of those light bulbs go off because what it shows is that there is more of a structure to who we are than we sometimes realize. And but now, how do we tell people that when they when they're not in the same state as we are, and they're not in the same area, or maybe they're just busy and we don't get a chance to see each other very often? And so, this whole thing about leadership brand should be around what do you believe, and when you're not around, what do people say about you? What do they know that you're going to expect? It's some leaders that. They know that it's huge things for them are diversity and inclusion. And so if they're around and if you're there and if you're part of their project, you know that's going to be a topic. Some people are around accountability. Some people are around, you know, no nonsense. And I've got one leader I worked with, he loved this concept of baking in things, baking in solutions. And he didn't want solutions to come later. If you can bake it into the, bake in the solution before it comes up, then let's just bake it in. And I love that concept of baking in a solution. It's, it's instead of waiting for it to be something later on, solve for it early on and put it into the design. That's some of the new thinking around safety and environmental health and safety. It's, it's If you can just go back and help the engineers understand how do you bake in a safety solution. So it's just impossible to stick your hand into a machine based on design. Wouldn't that be cool, baking in a solution? And so whatever your leadership brand, those things are the things that you know, when you're around, it's usually what you repeat. It's kind of what you gravitate towards. Uh, some people want teamwork, mindfulness. Who knows? It's, it's up to you to choose. I'm not telling you what works. Or, you don't go, well, what's the most effective? No, it doesn't. It's not about what's most effective. It's about who you are. Because you could try to create a leadership brand around things that are quote unquote most effective, but they aren't who you are. And there's going to be incongruency there. I was talking to somebody else too about you know their their insta or their their social media strategy and and I take what I say with a grain of salt because I'm still trying to figure this out, but it seems logical that if I made my content based on what is trending, not based on what I believed, that I would garner followers following me for the wrong reason. When I say wrong, I'm not talking about like ethically wrong. Just they don't they don't know what I believe. They're just following because. They think that I'm talking about something that they that is trending and they must happen to like. So I get the concept of wanting to get more followers, but isn't it about getting people to, to that that are kind of in the same thought process and are looking for what you have to offer and what you really believe? And it's almost like tricking people and and it's I mean, I guess, you know, so what? We trick them, they they follow, but what good is it? You're you followers that have no interest in what you have to actually say what you actually believe. There's no real connection there. And so I think we have to get clear first on what we believe. What do we believe about leadership? What do we believe about uh, management? And then, then there's some strategy involved, I think, to say what is trending within that realm. That's, that would seem smart. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking this through out loud. It would seem like that would be a very logical way of approaching that. 
And again, I'm an amateur, so be cautious in, in what I'm saying. But I think philosophically it makes sense, right? You know, put out there what you believe. So your leadership brand begins with what you find what you find unique about yourself. And let's say somebody says, well, I, I, what makes me unique is that I care about people. One person says that they there's a, a sense of hard work and that they're resilient. Okay, great. So those are all cliched kind of things and, and, and descriptors that you know a lot of us might want to share. But it's the story behind why those became the things that are important to you that makes it unique. And so we're using those words as a breadcrumb, as a clue to start sifting through all of the stuff. And if I had a dime for or nickel for every time somebody says, I just don't remember anything from when I was a kid or from childhood. I don't remember those kinds of things. I wish bad memory. And my response is always the same. One, you're not allowed to say you don't remember. Just Let's just stop those words. And the effort that you're putting into telling me that you don't remember, I want you to put that effort into trying to remember. It's all effort. And it, once you realize how the how memory actually works, once you get a hold of one memory, it'll lead to another, which will lead to another, which will lead to another. And all of a sudden, we realize we actually remember a lot more than we realized. And we just tell ourselves that we don't because we just haven't explored, which is another concept, by the way, that leaders need to be inquisitive about their past. They need to explore because that's that's where the the essence of who you are was born. We also had this conversation about three weeks ago about how cool would it be to, to discover those things about yourself, saying these are the things that I believe, this is what makes me unique. I like teamwork, I like integrity, I like to be self-starter. And then where did I learn that? Uncover some of those stories and then go back to, let's say it's a story about your father or your mother and you're recalling what you can about that story and then you go back to them and say, hey mom, hey dad, do you remember this? Tell me about what was going on. What was I like during that time? What was going on for your life? And how fascinating to really tie the, their memory of that story to what your recollection of who you are now. I know if my kids would do that, I'd be fascinated. I'd, be, I'd love the conversation to think that they were actually paying attention <laughs> to things that were going on. But how fun would that be? And I think that'd be valuable. And I'd urge people to go and, and talk to, if, if it was your grandpa, your grandmother, uh, an old coach, call them up. Saying, hey, do you remember when we, when you were my coach? Or do you remember when I was a kid and, and this happened? What do you remember about that time? And to be able to really explore that, I think, is, is powerful. Because here's what you do with it. We use those as origin stories. We use those as signature stories in how we frame things, right? So if you're using that as, as a framing methodology to frame up why you believe in leadership this way because when I was a kid, my grandfather, I love, you know, service is one of the most important things in my life. Let's say that's the one. And we had one person that said service and, and we kind of explored this. I don't remember, I don't remember. And all of a sudden, boom, they remembered their grandfather. Their grandfa- grandfather had a shoe repair store. And you see, and they said, and she said, I remember every day we'd go in after school into my grandpa's shoe repair shop and he would jump up from behind the counter, he'd come up and give us a hug. But not only us, every one of his customers, he'd come from around the counter and he'd give them a hug. He'd remember all their names. He had lollipops for the kids. He had treats for the, for the dogs. And they just adored my grandfather. And there was something there about just, you know, sometimes people didn't have money, he'd fix their shoes for free. And it was just, it was just incredible how he was so committed to service. And, What's amazing is that now you share that story prior to you saying that service is important and now all of a sudden 
service takes on a whole new meaning because of the frame, the narrative supporting it. Again, our leadership brand, if you have a remote workforce or if you have people that extend beyond your immediate reach on a daily basis, there's gaps in your interactions, gaps in your communications. And so you've got to figure out how are you going to fill those gaps? Because if you don't fill them, they will fill them. And if they're having a bad day, Lord knows how they're going to fill them. And so how does this play out in, in, in talent retention? Well, there's one thing that I deal with all the time is, is people that are leaving their organization. They're leaving their managers. I had a conversation with one CEO. I said, I know people that adore you as a CEO but hate their manager and they're going to leave and they left. But I also know people that hate you, don't like you at all, but love their manager and they'll never leave the company. Isn't that fascinating? That you can dislike the CEO but love your manager and you stay. It goes back to that phrase that people don't quit companies, they quit their supervisor. And so that process or that narrative is usually created when there is no conversation, there is no connection, there's no uh, way to fill that gap. And so your leadership brand should be done through blog posts. It should be done through, uh, if you can, a podcast, interviews, write something, right? Write articles. Uh, one good friend of mine, Dave Galegas, writes a weekly Friday focus email and he never misses it, ever, 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 ever misses it. I get it every Friday. I forget how many years he's done it, but he, he takes it serious and he's basically, it's, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's, it's based on the book that he's currently reading. Sometimes it's a challenge he's facing or it's an incident that happened, but every Friday he writes about what he believes and his thoughts on things and I think it's brilliant because it's so simple but it's his he's staying in touch with his, with his people and his and anybody that wants to get to know him very rarely if ever it's about work by the way and when in terms of he's not asking for more deals he's not asking for anything he may say hey we're looking for hiring but it's really about what he believes as a leader and when you read it you just get to know him i think that's such a brilliant thing to do because it's developing his leadership brand who he is and what he believes and so how do we do it? That's maybe probably the next question. What would you say? How do you do it? One, I think you've got to identify your ethos, your, your essence of who you are. Go through an ethos exploration. I, I, I go through it. My, uh, Josh Blatterman is the, is the guy that I use. He's ridiculously talented. Copywriter and, um, I, gosh, I don't even know how to describe. He's such an amazing human being. But um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can put a link somewhere. Or send me a message. I'll, I'll connect you if you want to. But he forces me to, to just think differently and to talk, but he listens differently. And by listening differently, he hears the things that I'm saying between the lines and is able to put words to it. Once I'm able to put words to it, now all of a sudden the, the thoughts and the feelings, because sometimes what we believe is sometimes beyond our words. We have a hard time putting words to it. But when we can find the magic words, like I remember, I'll give you an example. He asked me some of the things that were most important to me. And I went through the thing that, that, that bothered me most about my industry is that people use rah-rah, emotions, adrenaline and from the stage and the lessons that they learn don't stick. They go through and they get excited and then all of a sudden they go and they leave the conference, they leave the training, they leave whatever and they go back to normal day life and no impact has been made and they don't implement anything. And so I've always said that I wanted to have things that lasted, learning that lasted. And I just kind of explained, I wanted to make sure in 10, 15 years, they still remember what we talked about. And I went on and on and on. And he took that hour, hour and a half conversation. He turned it into one phrase that says, Renee's impact 
doesn't leave the building when he does. And I was like, whoa, that's perfect. That's exactly what I want. And it sounds great. And it works on our website. It's like Renee's impact doesn't leave the building when he does. It's like, wow, this is exactly what I've been looking for. And another thing was like I just got so sick of the the, the fluff and the, the things that were surface-level content that really had no substance to it. And his phrase was, fluff is not enough. And I was like, <laughs> okay, it's almost cheesy, but it's like simple. Fluff isn't enough. We need more than that, and especially in today's sort of fast food uh, content digesting environment. We want simple sugar stuff, but it doesn't really do anything. That's why I kind of like this podcast. It allows me to, to talk about what I believe and, and somewhat ramble and rant on these concepts and even explore them with you because that's what I'm doing with this one. This one is, is fun, and it's, it's an exploration yet more validation on something that I really do believe, that if you're listening to this that in today's world, if you don't have even let's go, let's go, let's take it to the next level. If you want, if you don't have constant interaction with your customers and your customer base, how do they know who you are? Is it through a letter every one goes out once a year? Financial advisors typically meet with their clients once a year, maybe. Well, between that one year meeting, what's happening? Do you have any way of staying in touch? Well, if I got a newsletter, if I monthly email, if I've got uh, I could read your blog posts if you had a podcast. And what, I could stay in touch and then somebody try to recruit me away from you. I'd be like, no, I've got my, 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 my guy, my gal, whoever it is. They're awesome. This is, I listen to their podcast all the time. From a recruiting standpoint, the best recruiters are the ones that have the best personal brands because they have leverage and they have a shorter sales cycle time. They gain access to meetings faster because they have less to, to overcome. All, there's so many benefits to this. But again, it's not just about grabbing a logo and start screaming things. You, there's, there's some strategy here. I think you really got to spend time on what you believe. And your brand, your design, the colors, all the things that you choose should be designed around who you are. And your, who you are is your ethos. All of those things should go together. But begin with that. Gosh, I mean, there's so many different places to, to go with this concept. LinkedIn provides a really good for people that aren't sort of into this typical social media. As I know when I was I was fighting against Instagram, most of my clients at the time didn't even have an Instagram account. And because I didn't have sort of a consumer friendly product, mine was a, a corporate training programs and, and corporate uh, events and boot camps and things like that. And so they're, you know, a CEO of a company is not going to have an Instagram. But now that we've got uh, courses that are more open, of course, Instagram has become a pretty cool, pretty good tool for, for exposure, but also a good tool to share what we believe. That's kind of the approach I'm taking to it. Is like, you know, these are the, you know, if you go to my Instagram account, you'll see videos and their clips and uh, ideas and thought leadership and quotes on things that I believe. You know, we're still working on <clears throat> the, the, the strategy around how to get it out to more people. You know, I think that's a, a an, an ongoing piece, but to me, I still, I, I'm still a salesman at heart. So to me, I'm creating that to you know, when somebody goes there, they know what I believe. And I can use that as a tool. Say, hey, check out my Instagram. You'll see this video over here, third one down, whatever it is. And that becomes part of the narrative. And, and when I'm not around, they can go and find things because people are going to search you. So if they search you, what do they find? That's a great exercise, by the way. I mean, I think, you know, I know I used to Google myself all the time and and now you Google it and like, wow, there's some things out there that I didn't know were out there. It's like, I didn't know somebody recorded that. I didn't know that, that, that this video was available to the public. I didn't know X, Y, and Z. And so anything that, that I find, they might be able to find. 
And also try Googling from different computers that don't have the same cache that you're doing. And don't, you know, uh, Google yourself from a different country if you can. See what comes up. And it's fascinating. You might get access to different things and, and all of that. But again, I think you need to really be proactive in what your leadership brand is in terms of what you believe. When you're clear on what you believe, it makes it easier for you to put together your content because you can start exploring. Spend a week exploring something. And I, like I gave Brian, who's, who one of his core pillars of leadership for himself as his leadership brand was being a self, self-motivated. So I gave him the exercise to go look up the concept of inner locus of control. Where's your locus of control? I mean, your location of control. Sometimes Some of us have outer locus of control. Some of us has inner locus of control. Outer would be, I'm not going to go work out unless somebody else comes in and is there. I need somebody to motivate me to get there. That's why I hire a personal trainer. An inner locus of control is that self-motivated idea. There's certain things like that are inner motivated that I do and some things that are outer motivated. And so looking at that concept, you know, get fascinated about those things and learn about them. And then how does that tie to your personal experience? Because you have experience as leaders and as managers and I say read about the best practices and then ask yourself, what does this mean to, in, in comparison to what I know? How does this help explain, explain the things that I kind of knew intuitively already? And when you put that together, you come up with your own thought, which I think is so critical these days. Most people, they, they, they're, they're posting about other people's thoughts, which is good. But if I'm following you, I'd like for you to say, here's what so-and-so said, but here's what my take is on that. Here's what that means to me. Great. I want to hear your take because your take might help me think about it differently. And if I like you and I'm following you and all those things, then being able to hear how you take it might completely change my initial uh, views of what I understood. Again, there's so many ways to, to, to approach this. But it's, I want you to really remember that, that your leadership brand and personal branding goes beyond marketing and sales right now. And it goes into a critical component of leadership and communication because it fills the narrative gap between interactions that leaders have right now. They don't have enough interactions. And get it, they're busy. I was talking to another client. I think they've got 300, 400 people and he, and you know he wanted to. He's like, you know, I just, I just, you know, I'm kind of old school. I like to meet one on one. I said, wait, you have 400 people. You can't do that anymore. You, you just can't. And it's in one, it's, it's a lot to ask of you. Two, you're not, you just can't feasibly run the business and get around to 400 people on a consistent basis. That's why you have a leadership team. You got to teach them how to connect, and then you connect when you can and how often you can. But you also need to start putting out there to the world what you as leader believe. And if I may not be able to connect with you one-on-one, but I at least can read about what you're thinking, I'll keep up. And then the, when I meet you, I'm like, hey, I've been watching your blog post. I've been reading your thing. I mean, I love it. I really love what you wrote about X. And what a cool connection that that would be. So if you're growing, you got to start thinking about this. I mean, the case can be made if you're small or large. Because if you're, if you're large, you're, you're making your leadership brand so that you, you can fill the narrative gap for people that don't know you. If you're small and you don't have a gap to fill, you can start creating a, a bridge to people that you didn't know before, which speeds the sales cycle, which speeds the, the relationship cycle time. Because if they read something about you prior to meeting you and they resonated with that, then all of a sudden now like it's just, it just makes things easier. 
do I believe, what do I believe around quality? I think quality is an important thing. High quality video, high quality audio, lighting, all this stuff. So if you're doing video, I think it's critical. And because I think that's part of the branding process. And even in leadership branding, I think you need to, to borrow as much as you can from the marketing side of it. But your purpose is not about selling something. Your purpose is about filling the narrative gap between the interactions in the relationships that you have. So there's a lot there. But I think it's, it's an exciting topic. And if you're a leader and you're busy, hire someone. Find someone to write for you. The good writers will meet with you for 15, 20 minutes and they can knock out two, three articles and they can knock out all sorts of things and you might end up with some cool quotes that come out of that. And so those articles can be stored on LinkedIn. They can go into, if you have a blog, get a blog. I highly suggest you get a blog. Keep it simple. Keep it about what you believe. And a good writer will do that. And then I suggest reading it and then making your own adjustments. Now, you can, it's efficient to just let them do their thing, but I think there's a really cool, authentic component to having it come back to you and seeing and putting your twist on it. If you're not a good writer, then you, then more, then you should do that because then you make your twists and then the writer can, can correct it, and then that's how you start learning how to write. That's how I learned how to write. I would write things and my mom would correct it, and then she'd rewrite it, and then I'd look at how she'd write it. I'm like, oh, that's interesting, but I wouldn't say it that way. I'd say it this way, and these, these iterations would happen, and your brain starts to sort of learn. Writing and speaking is critical because writing forces you to think. It forces you to flush out ideas. And if you can write about your leadership brand, if, you, if you're even a mediocre writer, I highly suggest you write it because it forces you to go through the thought process of what you believe and how do you communicate it. And if you do that well and it comes time to speak about it, you're ready. You're ready to do that. That's one of the reasons I can sit here and I can choose two or three topics and bullet points and just talk for half an hour, 30, 45 minutes. It's because these are my thoughts that are going in my head all the time. They're running rampant sometimes. So what do I think? I think you need to start thinking about your leadership brand. I think you need to reframe personal branding beyond marketing and sales and into leadership and communication for the purposes of filling and closing the narrative gap between the interactions that you have as a busy leader. It gives people something to hold on to. It gives people something to believe in. And it just starts telling the world who you are. And what's fun, someone looking to come work for you is going to read that. And it's going to read that. And they're going to look at this and say, wow, either I believe that or I don't. If they don't believe that and they don't apply for the job, you saved yourself some pretty big hassle. Because that disbelief and all that stuff is going to come out later. So anyways... I hope you enjoyed this one. This is fun. I'm probably going to end up talking more about this because it's it's one of those that just keeps unfolding and unraveling with for me. But we do have our AmpCon Amplify Conference coming up March 14th, 2022 in Las Vegas. And that's going to be at the Caesars Palace. If you are hearing this and it's in the time frame, right now the, the what do you call it, the early bird is bringing the price from $5.95 to $4.95. But if you're listening to this, Renee 100, R-E-N-E 100, will get you another $100 off. So go to ampcon, A-M-P-C-O-N dot live, ampcon dot live, and Renee 100 is the code. You get another 100 bucks off. It's $3.95 to join, not join, to, to attend. And what I suggest is bring some friends, bring your team. If you want to bring more than 10 people, send us a message. We've got some group pricing available. And, of course, the book is coming out on April 26th, so please... Put in your pre-orders. If you want to order some for your folks or your some people you work with, and we've got some bulk orders, 
let us know. We've got some great pricing and some also some exchanges. If you buy more than uh, 20 bucks, you're going to get a webinar. If you buy 75, we'll do a coaching session. 250, we do a, a webinar for your realtors or for your referral partners or whoever, maybe your team. And you buy 500, we do something live. So we've got some cool things, massive savings to do that. So anyways, ampcon.live, buyamplifybook.com, meetrene.com, all of it's available there. And we look forward to seeing you here again next week. Take care. Thank you for sharing this time with us. If the experience resonated with you, follow us on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or AmplifyMyLife.com. Share it with anyone else who's ready to amplify their lives. And remember to let our hearts speak in sequence. For more from Renee Rodriguez, visit meetrene.com.